Hello, Wisdom and Wellness. Welcome to another episode. By the time this episode is, I would have just turned 30. Now, I know to some people, 30 is not a big deal. It's just another year. It's just another number. You're still young. But to me, it is a pretty big deal. Like, I, when I think 30, I think of when I was in, like, varsity. And I was looking at your bonangs doing incredible things. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I want to be that kind of woman. So I, and I think I've spoken about this quite a lot, that I've always liked the idea of getting older, not in a way where I'm rushing life, but I just think like being 30 is cool. Being 40 is fun. Being 50 is comfortable. 60, 70. Like the idea of getting older for me is just like you've collected wisdom. You are living life. You are collecting knowledge. You are having fun. You are letting loose. And you are getting more comfortable with yourself. So on today's episode, what I want to do is I'm going to give, I don't want to call them lessons, but I guess 30 thoughts for 30 or 30... Um, things about me or things that I think about or lessons for 30. Um, some I will elaborate on and some I will just pass on. Now, with what I'm sharing, I'm not saying full stop, I'm never going to change my mind again. Tomorrow I can wake up and be like, mm, I was wrong about that. But it's just how I'm feeling right now. And for the most part, I'm excited for this age. I'm very proud of me. Um, I'm glad I made the sacrifices I made in my 20s um, to become the person that I am now at 30. So let's get on with 30, 30 things about 30. Number one. Don't stay in places where you compromise your values and character. That one is such a big deal and I had to start with it. I know when I'm compromising my character and it's either maybe someone's treating me badly and I can feel myself want to start shouting or, or responding in a disrespectful way. That is not who I am. So as soon as I see myself in an environment like that, I exit. But this could even be on a broader perspective, like in with family that makes you feel otherwise in friendship groups where you feel like you're compromising your values. And it sometimes starts really little, but it's important to remove yourself from places where you compromise your character and your values. Number two, uh, this one, fly business class once and your work ethic will change. Listen, Brendan and I once listened to this, um, I don't know what Steve Harvey was talking about, but he was saying, I dare you to fly business class once and you'll never be able to fly economy again, especially for long distance. And my first business class was a, a work trip and I was so excited. And afterwards I was like, there's no way I can travel long distance in economy again. Like that leg room, people calling you by your name, having an a la carte menu, like the works, it's, it's so different. And like, Fly business class once and you'll change your work ethic. So now my whole thing is if I'm traveling for more than four hours and I cannot afford a business class ticket, then I'm either postponing the trip or I'm canceling it. So I challenge you. It's one of those challenges um, in life that will change your work ethic. So when I take on extra work or I put in double work, or I feel like, why am I doing this? It's for that business class ticket. Okay. Number three, your heroes are human. Don't idolize them. Be inspired. Now, I think over the past few months, a lot has been happening. But for me, it's that thing of sometimes we put people on a pedestal and it's not fair 
for us or for them. Everybody is human. Everybody has their things like you do and like I do. And so our heroes or the people we admire and look up to are allowed to have their things too. What is important is that you take what you take from them, what you admire, what encourages you, and you leave the rest. When I was in Bible school, the pastor used to say, the way you should um, consume stuff is like fish. You pick out the bones, you eat it carefully because there could be that bone that you don't see that will sit here and kill you. So even with our heroes, admire, appreciate, but know that they are human. Number four, plan your birthdays your way. I prefer to spend mine alone. So I felt pressure for my 30th and I was like, organizing I'm gonna have a party at the house I'm gonna do this and I just kept having anxiety about it and eventually I just canceled and I'm like no I'm not doing anything but as we spoke with my husband like we started talking about the things that I really like and he's like but why don't you just do that so for my birthday it is spending the morning alone like I need time to reflect I need a lot of alone time like a lot 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 of alone time and I know that about me now and I'm okay with that so the mornings of my birthdays will always be by myself and then later a dinner or a lunch or something with intimate close friends I will always do something small like I believe in that so whenever you're planning your birthday think about what makes you happy what feels good for you and then do that instead of planning a big shebang for other people and you're left unhappy so that's that all right number five the sooner you learn to navigate conflict the better your relationships <sighs> last year I realized girl you don't know how to handle conflict and for me as soon as there's conflict in the relationship I am out that is the fastest way to not have any relationships not have any friends not have partners people around you because the truth is if a relationship graduates to becoming more intimate you will have conflict and you have to learn to deal with it guys when I say conflict makes makes my skin itch like I feel like I'm gonna throw up I mean it like I would rather cancel the whole thing than deal with conflict but I am learning now to deal and face conflict head-on even with my head rushing even when I feel uncomfortable I have to especially if I can see that a relationship really really matters and the good outweighs the not so cute all right number six do hard things all the time never be comfortable so the reason I work out first thing in the morning I wake up early I drink like three liters of water like I always have a challenge going on in my life and that is to teach myself to do hard things I was talking to my trainer about this there's a certain I forgot what he called it he explained it so beautifully that people who challenge themselves it this thing like grows it's something in the body and it grows but if you don't challenge yourself and you're comfortable like it just goes it diminishes and diminishes and diminishes and I think your quality of life diminishes so yes challenges are hard doing hard things is not fun but imagine a life where it's just mellow like you just never try anything you never challenge your mind you never challenge your body like it's just it's just yeah so I believe in doing hard things. Um, it's always fun, but like you get something out of it, man. Like there's a kick I get out of going to the gym every single day. Like there's a certain kick. And when I don't go to the gym, I feel it. Like there's a week, uh, the week after Christmas, we, we didn't do anything. We're just relaxing and it's fun. But at some point on the third day, I was like, really? Is this it? Like I'm ready to get back into my life where I challenge myself. So do hard things. And your hard thing doesn't have to be gym. It doesn't have to be that. It doesn't have to look like me, like mine. But doing hard things is so good for you. Like it's so 
so good for your mind. It's good for your body. And it's just good for you later in life. Like you, you become that person who expects anything, who can thrive through anything and who enjoys a lot of things. So do hard things. Number seven, health is a ticket to wealth. This one is priceless. Every successful person um, that I look up to, how I define success is healthy, good shape, watches what they eat, takes care of themselves. And it literally is that like health is wealth. And I realized that when I started developing my health habits, it starts informing how you, you operate in the rest of your life. So because you've got discipline in this one area, it flows through everything else. And before you know it, you've got better relationships, you're getting wealthier, you, you increasing your network, the kind of people you hang around are getting better. And like your mind starts expanding. So I think health is like a very, very good foundation. And I think Pastor Mike Todd said it best that when God was speaking to him about um, taking care of his health, God was like, look, I could have all the plans for you and I want to take you places, but will your body even carry you there? You know, and so I've had to, that is always on my mind is that for where God wants to take me, for where I plan for, can my body carry me there? And even with the 5 a.m. thing, when I saw it started working for me, how it started working for me, when I would have to go on sets or have to travel and I'd have to wake up at like four or five in the morning for a flight, like it was normal for me. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, panicking the night before, asking everybody to please wake me up the next morning because I don't want to miss my alarm. It was like, oh, this is normal to me. I wake up at this time anyway. So health is a wealth. Number eight, work as many jobs as possible and start as many businesses as possible. Then find what feels ge genius to you and focus on that. Guys, I have worked every job you can imagine. I have had business plans that never came about. I have started many businesses and I'm getting comfortable. And God knows maybe my businesses are still going to change. And But I'm so excited about where I am right now in my life because I feel like I'm finding where my genius is. Like, and then I get to focus on that. So in the areas of my in, in the areas of my life where I'm not a genius, where it doesn't flow easily, I know to delegate that, I know to leave that alone. And so I always operate where my genius is. But to find where your genius is, you have to try out stuff and see that, oh, okay, this is not for me. This is my weakness. This is not where I operate easily. This takes me a little longer. So if you're in your 20s, in your teens, the best, best advice I could ever give you, serve a church, work a job, start a business. Don't think about the money. Don't think about will it be successful. If you're 18 years old, of course, some things are going to fail. If you're 25, in fact, even if you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s, some things are just not going to work out. But you get to take a lesson out of that and you get to find out what's for you and what's not for you. So don't be uh, like one of the things I'm glad I did is that I wasn't one of those who'd be like, no, it won't work out and I would waste this and that. No, I have lost a lot of money. I've lost time. I've lost relationships. I have lost a whole lot because of my trying nature, but I have gained so, so much. And that, I'll take it any day. Number nine, everyone should read a book by Brene Brown. Brene Brown, goated. Everybody should read a book by her. Number 10, get comfortable with failure. It's important. You're still going to fail. It is the only way up. Number 11, have an emergency account. Pay off your debt, live below your means, and start investing ASAP. You can start with 50 Rand and make it a habit. 
guys, and you, I will not tell you how important an emergency account is. And for some people, your emergency account is 500 rand. For others, 1,000 rand. For others, 100. Whatever it is, you have to have an emergency account where if something happens, you know you have reserves. Like, don't be a person who makes money, who's always spending, but as soon as one little disaster strikes, like you're borrowing money. No, like get rid of that. Even if it takes you a year to build up your emergency fund, have an emergency fund. Once you've got that, pay off your debt. You don't need debt. Of course, I'm not talking about big things like your car, your house, etc. Those you get to later. But accounts and all of those things, like pay them off. You don't need that. If you can't afford it now, maybe you don't need it. And please listen to this point in context. But I found that there's absolutely no need for um, unnecessary debt. There's good debt and then there's just debt where it's just like, why? What Do you really need another t-shirt? Okay. And then number 12, who you hang out with is genuinely who you become. You cannot escape this. Guys, who we hang out with is who we become. There is no, oh, but it's only, no, it is, it is the truth. You become those people and... You might be like, oh, I just hang out with them because of this and that. But eventually, because of the conversation, certain things that might not align with the, your values and who you are, start becoming palatable. Like, it's like, oh, that's not too bad. That's not too bad. And before, like, you are one of those people. But if you hang around, for example, people who are investors and they're talking a language that you don't, just don't understand. And this is a true story for me. People are talking about their investments. They're talking about their dividends. They're talking about cashing out this. It's like, at first, you feel... A little shy that I don't have any of that going on. But before you know it, you're getting more information. And now you're interested. Now you're researching. Now you've got investments. Now you're cashing out on your investments. And you're investing in other things. So who you hang out with is who you become. So if you want to know where you're going in the next year. In, in fact, if you want to know how you're ending 2024, take a look at your people. Take a look at your circle. What is the conversation? What is the daily habits? What are the late night conversations, the chats, the TikToks, the follow? Check all of that and you will know exactly where you're ending off at the end of the year. And then you get to decide, do I like this? If yes, go ahead. If not, it's time to do some auditing. 13, your 20s are for sewing. My 30s are looking pretty good because of the sacrifices of my 20s. I know um, Twitter has this thing where they ask, um, please give advice to people younger and everything and a lot of people always say have fun in your 20s which I get but I don't think should be the priority and I always say this that what you do in your in your teens informs what happens in your 20s and then your 30s like a lot of people spend their 30s trying to recover, trying to fix up and feeling a lot of pressure because you feel like you're out of time. It's not that you are out of time. It just kind of feels like it. Like it feels like your 30s are that decade where um, your things should come together. Not necessarily 100% true, but I think when you spend your 20s making sacrifices, um, your work ethic, getting in health, getting good habits, surrounding yourself with the right people, I think the 30s become about reaping. Um, for me personally, I spent a lot of my 20s working. Um, and what I have to do now in my 30s is learn how to have fun. And, you know, I'll take that. I will take learning how to have fun in my 30s and learning how to work in my 30s or learning how to save in my 30s or learning how to build um, while I have kids. So 
while, before I had kids or while my kids were young and I had more time, like I invested myself in that. And yes, I'm going to still do way more of that. But I know that like things are looking clearer. Like I've, I'm finding my genius level. Like I know my my ability to 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 adjust. Like, you know, like the picture is looking clearer because I have made a lot of sacrifices in my 20s. Um, I would have loved to play more, relax more, sleep later, go out more and do all of those things, be cooler. Um, but I didn't choose that and I'm happy I didn't choose that. So um, I get to spend my 30th birthday my way and it's and it's fun and I don't have to overthink certain things that I would have if I didn't make the sacrifices that I did. So, yeah. All right. Um, number 14, sleep eight hours. Your sleep affects everything. Guys, sleep. If you have to choose between um, getting eight hours sleep and getting an hour workout in the next day, get your eight hours sleep. Not 10 hours, not 12 hours, but get your eight hours sleep because how you sleep affects your next day. If I get like five hours of sleep, one, when I get to gym, I am half doing it, <laughs> half doing it. Um, my eating choices are poor. I'm craving more, more fast foods. Um, I'm sluggish in my decisions. I can't show up. I'm not as sharp. Versus if I knew that, okay, maybe um, I have to sleep a little late. Let me get my eight hours in and push out my day a little more. So get used to, get in the habit of getting your eight hours of sleep. I sleep at 9 a.m., 9 p.m. I sleep at 9 p.m. and I am up at 5, 5.30. I have gotten enough sleep. I am sharp the whole day, guys. I don't take a midday nap. I remember someone was saying, um, for people who've just started the 5 a.m. club, do you guys take a nap in the middle of the day? No, it's like your body gets used to it and you sleep enough hours and you sharp and you accomplish so much. Like by midday, I've done so, so much. Like the rest that's left in the rest of the day is just like little bit of stuff so yours doesn't have to be 5 a.m but eight hours of sleep is the magic you didn't know you needed okay number 15 get a dietitian and personal trainer as soon as you can afford one it'll save you years of dieting guys dieting is the one thing I want us to leave in 2023. These extreme measures are just not good for us. They're not good for our metabolism. They're not got good for our mental health. And for me, it clicked when I realized that when I got a dietitian, she knows what she's talking about. She's not eliminating any food groups. She sees my goal and it's balanced. I just have to stick it through. And that has changed my whole perspective versus one week I'm intermittent fasting, one week I'm on low carb hike. Like, Guys, I've tried it all and the most sustainable is getting a dietitian who understands food and getting a personal trainer. Unless you're one of those people who goes in the gym and knows what to do. I'm not one of those. I'll get to the gym and I will walk around and even when I gym by myself, like I won't push myself as hard. So a dietitian and a personal trainer is a great investment. If you have an extra coin, invest it in that. 16, you're allowed to question God. Don't aimlessly follow a religion that does nothing for you. This one may tick a few people off, but I believe in that. I think there was a time even in my faith where I was just asking God some questions. Like, God, this does not make sense to me. God, I don't know why I believe this. I don't know if my faith is as strong, you know? And I think a lot of us don't know that we can do that. And then we find ourselves just following religion that doesn't work for us. So you're Christian by 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 
by birth or by home, you go to church, but your faith is nowhere. And so you live this dull life, although you proclaim to be Christian, to love God, but you don't really believe. So I think it's important if you're hurt and you're frustrated and you feel like you've fallen off in your faith, say it, like be honest about it. I think God, I mean, the word says we must worship him in spirit and in truth. So where's the truth in it if you're lifting up your hands on Sunday, but but you, you're mad at God in your heart? It's like, like rather stay at home and let's work out the the hard issues. So that is my thing. That has helped me. Like I know for a fact I choose Jesus. I choose God because I choose him, because I've seen him and because I've let him go and decided actually my life is better holding on to you. And so I want to give you that permission to 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 question, to ask questions, to tell God how you really feel um, and not just follow religion because that's what everybody said you should do. That's just me. All right, let's go to number 17. Not everybody has a seat at my table and I like that. As I was planning my, my birthday, um, the theme was is called a seat at my table. And this does not mean everybody else is not special. It just simply means there are certain people in my life that I can be vulnerable to, like people who've seen the ugliest parts of me, who I've had conflict with, who how has been seen and we decided, okay, we're going to do this life thing together, you know. Um, Michelle Obama calls it her kitchen table kitchen table. That's what she called it. Yeah. A kitchen table in her book, The Light We Carry. And, and so I, 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 I found that I, I think that is such a good way to have relationships with people and it will save you. Like there's certain people who you can't be vulnerable with, maybe you're not feeling comfortable or your relationship is not there yet. And maybe they're not feeling vulnerable. And it's like the relationship is here and that's okay. Like that's okay. It doesn't mean it's a bad relationship, but there are certain people where I know that if I need to be ugly, I can be ugly in front of this person. And I don't feel judged. I don't feel pushed away. I don't feel worse about myself. So there's certain people who get a seat at my table and some who just really don't. I think we should have that option and know where people are placed in our lives. And I was actually saying, explaining to my mom that just because you have a seat at my table doesn't mean you know all sides of me. But there's parts of me that I can show to you that I can't show to another person. But I can show other parts of me to that person, you know? Yeah, that's being honest with ourselves. 18. I don't know how to have unplanned fun. A part of me feels sad about it, but a part of me knows I will ease into it. Um, I think I mentioned this earlier that I need to learn how to have fun. And the other day I went to paint with Fatuani. I was actually taking um, Nuri and Zani because they're very creative and very gifted. And I just wanted them to spend some time um, with an artist and they were painting. And then I took a paper and I started painting and it was so much fun. It was such relaxed fun. And then there were points where I started overthinking it, overthinking the fun, over planning the fun. And Fatuani said, just, just let it flow. Like just don't think it, just, just do. And I got into that. And so, um, yeah, I need to learn how to have unplanned fun. My fun is always really, really planned. And so it does make me kind of sad, but, um, like I said, I know I will ease into it and I'm intentional about it. Number 19, I feel the most myself with my kids, but I don't want to be with them all the time. And I like that I can say it out loud. I had a conversation with my friend that, 
Um, I love my kids. I really, really love my kids. But I'm not one of those. If I had to be one of those mothers who spends 24 hours with their kids, makes all their meals and does all the stuff and plays all the time, I would be unhappy. Very, very unhappy. I am one of those mothers who... I love being around my kids, but I also love doing um, things for myself. Like I love my time alone. I love my time with my husband. Like I love having time away from my kids. It doesn't mean I love them any less. It's just that that's what works for me, you know. Um, yeah, I need space from my children, but I also enjoy spending time with them. I feel the most, my most self around them. Um, but yeah, I like that I can be honest about it. I think even wording it right now, it's like, how do I best put it in a palatable way where people don't feel like, oh, this woman doesn't like her kids. No, I love my kids. I love them. And what makes me love them even more is that they they love me for me and what I bring. So there's certain things that my kids don't expect from me, but they expect from my husband because they just know that that's just not what mommy is, you know? Um, but there's certain things they ask from me that they will never expect from their daddy. And that's what I like about kids. Kids, when you teach them boundaries, they, they learn them and they understand them. And being a home that prioritizes boundaries is amazing. And it starts with me. So... Yeah, in summary, I love my kids. I feel the, my most self around them. Um, however, I don't want to be around them all the time. And I'm so glad that I can say it out loud. And I hope it can free other parents to have a life outside of their kids. 20, my taste is very expensive. Very expensive. But my work ethic matches it. My savings and investments are over the top. And I'm honest with my lifestyle and I back it up. It's one thing to have an expensive lifestyle, a poor work ethic, no savings and investments, and it's just giving stress. But the minute I realized that I have a very expensive taste, I had to put together a plan of how I'm going to sustain this lifestyle and also to make sure that I have savings and investments that will ensure that even in my 70s and 80s and 16s where I don't want to work, I can maintain my life of travel, my life of art, my life of good food, buying books and all of that. Um, yeah, and also I realized that my taste is in things uh, that are that are different, that are so different, but that make me happy. Like I feel like I'm coming home to myself. It's so exciting. It's so, so, so exciting. Okay. And 21, accepting body change is one of the hardest mental battles I have gone through. It has been hard. And I feel like it's been like a six, almost six-year journey. Like the minute I saw my breast drop, um, when I was pregnant with my daughter and my nose grow big and my skin change, my battle with my body started. Like the nitpicking, the feeling so horrible, the wanting to conceal myself. And it's been such an ongoing battle of trying to change me and then getting to a place where I'm comfortable with myself and then wanting to work hard to change me again. And it's just an ongoing battle. And I feel like I want to say this because I want to show someone else that it is normal but I think it gets better um 
when, like I said, when I got a personal trainer and a, a dietitian that kept emphasizing this is long term, this is not a quick fix, this is a lifestyle, it's almost like it's getting drilled into me. But also I know that maybe for me it is harder because I'm in front of the camera and one of the hardest things I battled with um, during the last few years um, being on camera is like I felt like I couldn't gain weight because every time I gain a bit of weight, people are like, are you pregnant? Are you having another baby? When are you having another baby? Oh my gosh, this, this, this. And because I'm in the wellness space, I felt like, oh my, how, how dare I get to a place where people even think I'm pregnant and I'm not. So comments like that, things like that really also added to how I feel about myself. Um, but it's the nature of my work. And I think for me, I've had to work to get to a point where I'm just so comfortable with myself, whether someone says, your cheeks are big, are you pregnant or not? And I have to work or, 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 or do things from a place of love, not from a place of I need to change myself so that when I'm on camera doing my podcast, the focus can be on my work and never my, my looks or, my, or the way that I feel. So yeah, that's that's a real thing. I don't know if other people struggle as much, but for me, I feel like being on camera has amplified um, the way that I see myself, my 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 body, um, the way that I dress, the way that I do my makeup. It's been it's been a battle and a half, and one that I don't want to spend a lot of energy on um, anymore. Twenty two. I like having people around our home, but I don't like cooking and serving. <laughs> I would rather spend quality time with them. I'm so glad I can be honest about that. Now I can always get help and only invite people who are okay with that to my house. I I love hosting. I love having people at my house. But I always associated hosting with standing until my feet hurt and cooking. And, and, and then I realized then afterwards, I'm so grumpy that I'm snapping at Brendan, who is choosing to chill while I'm running around. And then I realized I can actually enjoy having special people around and not have to be slaving away and not feel bad about it like I can get people who like cooking who like doing the things to do that while I sit and enjoy quality time with the people I've invited into my home and the best thing is that someone who has a problem with me not running around up and down they don't have to come to my house guys we <laughs> we actually have those options where you're just like well, if I don't get to be myself around you in my home, maybe we should meet at your house where you can do what makes you happy. Or maybe we can meet at restaurants, but you don't have to come in my space if I'm required to, to change myself. So I'm so happy I can say that. Um, like I said, I love cooking, but I want to cook once in a while. But also more than that, I love quality time. I love spending time with people um, over running around. So even in my next Christmas, I actually realized that my favorite Christmas was the Christmas where we had my sweet potato um, do our, our Christmas food. And the only thing I made was the gammon. And that was so much fun. Like I still, oh, I think I made gammon and cake. Like I still got to cook for people I love, but I wasn't standing in the kitchen the whole time, like missing out on quality time. So yeah, I think even for you, um, like we need to start like, auditing like what brings me joy why did I feel so stressed after hosting is it because I don't like people or maybe it's because I don't like the running around and that is okay let's do this different the next time all right um number 23 imposter syndrome shows up in different ways even Michelle Obama has it some choose to move on with it 
So don't let it stop you. So imposter syndrome shows up differently. I was, I was reading a book, um, We Should All Be Millionaires by Rachel Rogers. And she was speaking about imposter syndrome. And as she's listing the different ways it shows up, I was like, oh, I have it too. You know, for example, when I have certain achievements, I downplay them and think, oh, maybe I just got lucky or it's because this one did that, um, that this happened. And it's like, that's imposter syndrome. Why can I not just be comfortable with the fact that I am brilliant at what I do? Why can I not be comfortable with the fact that I can actually do things? It's like that imposter syndrome wants to constantly remind you that you're not good enough. And so for other people, it shows up with such a big fear that you don't even do anything anymore. Let me free you and say we all have imposter syndrome and it comes up differently for all of us, um, but don't let it hold you back. Like just move on even with it showing up. Because if Michelle Obama could have imposter syndrome, child, we could all have imposter syndrome, but she chooses to show up and that's why she's Michelle Obama and you and I should still choose to show up too. Yeah. 24, the first thousand rand you give away will be the hardest. Just do it. I remember God saying we should give a thousand rand and I think I was earning 3,000 rand. <laughs> and God was like, give away a thousand rand. I'm like, but God, how? Um, but I will always choose ob obedience. And so I gave away, we gave away the thousand rand and it was the hardest. But after that, I've seen like the amount of, the amount of, Money, time, resources, and so many things that we give away now. Like a thousand rand is just a penny. And that thousand rand was harder compared to what we give away now, which is way bigger and way more. So, but God had to see that we can be faithful with little. My theory is always if I'm going to, I think of God this way, if He needs His people fed he's going to choose the most generous person to give abundance to because he knows that he can trust that person to feed the other people so if you're a stingy one why would you be chosen why would god put all or a lot of his resources in you because he knows you're just going to hoard it so i made a decision in life that i want to be that person who says if god needs something to give away i want to be the one he says ah let me give it to me because i know that I'll, i can trust her to give it away when I say so. So the first thousand rand is the hardest that you'll give. That first hundred rand will be the hardest, but make giving a lifestyle, make giving a value, make giving who you are. Number 25, nothing has been wasted. Whew, nothing has been wasted. Everything, everything that has happened, good, bad, I'm not saying it was supposed to happen or I'd like it to happen again, but nothing in my life has been wasted. And I think it has a lot to do with perspective, reconciling and healing. If we don't heal, heal, if we don't heal, we look, oh, why is this word showing me flames? But if we don't heal, we look at things that have happened in our lives with a question mark of why me, why me? And we have blame and we stay um, a victim and this is not to minimize what has happened to you but when we start the journey of healing and you go through things and you feel the emotions and you acknowledge what it's done to you and who it's made you to be I think after some time you realize that yes that thing tried to knock me out and destroy me but nothing's been wasted in my life and I think that's why it's such an important theme for wisdom and wellness that healing is so important it changes your entire perspective of life it changes the way you have relationships it changes the way you spend money it changes so so much 
Number 26, I'm adding color and more art pieces and passport stamps to my life. It keeps my mind fresh. I've had to evaluate where I get the best return for my money. Um, like there's just certain things for me where I buy them. I'm like, hmm, how nice, but meh. And then there's certain things like spending my money on travel and the art pieces that I've gotten and the antique furniture pieces that I've gotten where it's like, <gasps> Every time I see it, it brings me joy. And that's where I want to spend my money. Like I want to be so intentional about where I spend my money. 27, confrontation makes me dizzy. I think I spoke about this even with conflict. I clearly still have a people-pleasing syndrome. It comes with age, I think, and it gets better with each year. Maybe at 40 will be the decade it's curbed. But until then, I will do my best guys when I tell you if I have to confront something like my tummy goes like confrontation is so hard but um I'm learning to face it head on um and I do think it's got a lot to do with people pleasing but it's also got a lot to do with age I think at this age we want to be liked we want to be seen in a certain way and we know that once we confront certain people or certain things they'll start looking at us differently and we don't know how that will feel like it's like a fear of not being loved of not being seen etc 28 have check-in meetings with your siblings, parents, and family. It aches, but it's better than pretends. The best thing we did as a family, um, this is now with my with my parents, the Montlane family, um, towards the end of the year, we sat down. It was about six hours where we just sat and we talked. And we were putting our hearts out there. We were like, it was so vulnerable, it was scary. Like, if there was a camera in that room, I think everybody would have gone, <gasps> but afterwards, we left feeling so free and so loved. I even have a thing where I speak about home. It's like that one place where I know I can go back and be like, this is what I've done. This is my shame. This is where I've gone wrong. And I know that the people at home accept me and love me. And like we just don't have room to be pretentious. There's no room to pretend you're something you're not. Um, and I think that can only come through conversation. And someone has to be that person. Like someone has to be the one who ruffles the feathers, who gets everyone to be honest. Like let us be honest people. Number 29, address, this has to do with the checking in. Address the elephant in the room. It's not worth surface level relationship. Guys, I don't want surface level relationships where there's an elephant in the room, but we are going to smile away like it's not there. We have to learn to address things so that we can all feel free and feel comfortable. So one of the things I really want to take into 30 is addressing the elephant in the room immediately and my last point of 30 is I like myself every single part of me I like it I love it I love me I like me I've worked extremely hard to like me I have done a lot of work of healing learning unlearning falling betraying myself um being in places I have no business being in um, starting businesses, befriending people. Um, like I've done so many things, but I always come, I've made it a point to come back to self. And I realized that I, I like me, flaws and all, mistakes and all. 
attitude and all, stand, <laughs> standards and all, um, I like me. And in order to continue to like being me, I'm committing to my journey of self-betterment, healing, and most importantly, having the Holy Spirit in me. And so those are my things of 30 lessons about 30, what I know about getting to 30. And I hope you I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast episode. Please share it with someone who might need this. Share it with someone in their 20s who feels like life is like getting lost. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. Girl Pal, excitement is building as we gear up for our annual Unlimited Fest. If you missed out last year, don't make the same mistake again. So join us for two unforgettable days packed with inspiring speakers, incredible musicians, DJs, food, and a time and a half. This year is all about healing. Secure your spot now at www.unlimitedfest.co.za. Don't miss the experience of a lifetime. Unlimited Fest, where we heal, celebrate, and grow. See you there.